Welkom bij Visio Insight. Ja, welkom allemaal bij de tweede podcast in de serie over Voorste Kruismand Letsel. Uh, in de eerste uh, podcast over Voorste Kruisband Letsel met Jos van Geffen, Master of Science in Sportfysiotherapie, uh, Manuele Therapie en uh, Fysiotherapeut, uh, kwamen de al volgende onderwerpen aan de orde. We hebben het gehad toen over wat een Voorste Kruisband, sorry, Voorste Kruisband Letsel uh, eigenlijk is. Uh, moet je geopereerd worden met een Voorste Kruisband Letsel of liever niet? En wat de fysiotherapeutische revalidatie is zonder operatie of na een operatie. Nou, we zijn erg blij dat we in deze tweede podcast een interview uh, uh, kunnen laten horen met de gerenommeerde professor Dr. Freddy Foe. Als we kijken naar zijn cv, dan kunnen we toch wel stellen dat hij ongelooflijk indrukwekkend is. Foe was voorzitter van Pennsylvania Orthopedic Society. En in 2008 was hij voorzitter van de American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine. En hij was ook nog eens de eerste in het buitenland geboren president in de geschiedenis van deze American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine. In 2009 werd hij benoemd tot voorzitter van de International Society of Atheroscopy, Knee Surgery and Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Hij ontving uh, diverse awards, uh, waaronder in 2011 de Diversity Award van de American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. En uh, daarnaast ook nog de Leadership Award van Dapper Den Charities, sorry. Uh, die vervolgens werd omgedoopt tot de uh, Freddy Foo Sports Leadership Award. En dat zal hij vanaf, die, uh, of vanaf dat moment 2012 dus ook altijd blijven. Um, ja, als je kijkt wat hij verder nog met zijn team heeft gedaan, dan kunnen we wel zeggen dat ook dat zeer uh, indrukwekkend is. Hij en zijn team hebben zeker meer dan 100 wetenschappelijke publicaties op hun naam staan en ze hebben honderden atleten uh, behandeld en geopereerd uh, aan Voorste Kruisband Letsel. Een van de meest bekende is in die zin Slatan Ibrahimovic, maar uh, vanuit Nederland ook bijvoorbeeld uh, Kelvin Stenks, uh, Boadou. Uh, nou ja, zo kan ik wel eventjes door blijven gaan. Indrukwekkend dus in ieder geval. Nou, in, uh, eerder deze maand hebben we het interview opgenomen en in dit interview komen uh, een aantal dingen aan de orde. Uh, ten eerste uh, de benadering uh, en uh, techniek uh, van een voorste kruisbandoperatie door een orthopeet, hoe die veranderd is uh, over de afgelopen 40 jaar. Want... De voorste kruisbandoperaties zijn eigenlijk pas in het begin 80 begonnen op de manier zoals we het nu doen. Ten tweede uh, vertelt hij over um, de six principles. Uh, 
Hij vertelt over de zes principes daarbij die in zijn ogen van doorslaggevend belang zijn voor het succes van een operatie. Uh, hij vertelt ook nog over het belang van een goede samenwerking tussen orthopeed, patiënt en fysiotherapeut in het hele proces en welk percentage van de succesvolle revalidatie toe te schrijven is aan elk van deze drie partijen. Uh, nou, wat natuurlijk ook nog wel leuk is, is dat hij enige insight information geeft over de operatie van Slatan. Hoe dat allemaal gegaan is, hoe Slatan bij hem gekomen is, welke benaderingen hij heeft gekozen, et cetera. En last but not least uh, uh, geeft hij ook nog heel wat algemene levenswijsheid uh, aan ons mee. Nou, de podcast is redelijk lang dit keer, maar ongelooflijk interessant. Uh, vandaar dat ik er niet te veel geknipt in heb. Uh, het is interessant tot aan het einde. En eigenlijk rest mij nu alleen nog om jullie heel veel luisterplezier te wensen uh, bij het nu volgende interview met professor Dr. Freddy Foe. Good morning. Good morning. You're in the Netherlands? I'm in the Netherlands, near Amsterdam, about oh, 40, cool. 45 kilometers uh, from Amsterdam. Well, shall I start with the first question, Dr. Fu? Um, that's about um, uh, what changed during your career in um, surgery. Um, I think there's some positive change. But there are some also change that doesn't advance um, the uh, you know the you know our whole ACL trend. So the changes is that now uh, I think uh, therapists and doctors are really attacking the ACL itself. Mm -hmm. So in the seventies when I started, we did not even address the ACL itself. Mm -hmm. uh, we extract other part of the knee, the extraticular. Uh, medial side, lateral side, and then only in the, you know, uh, early 80s, uh, we start to actually, uh, you know, put a graph in and mm -hmm. do things to address the ACL as an issue. And of course, the uh, in the mid 80s, uh, we start arthroscopic surgery that is, in a way is good, mm -hmm. but in some way it's bad. It's good because it's uh, less invasive. Like you say, I used to make a very big incision in the early 80s. To do the ACL surgery, but uh, so in the mid uh, 80s, um, the incision is tiny. But then the problem with that is uh, surgeon become a little bit getting complacent, and they think they can do it fast, efficient, uh, and up that they're not doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> right. That so, so there are a lot of uh, it's like any um, I would say technology. I would say that disruptive technology. Mm. Any So it's good, it's disruptive, it's good. But then there's some uh, price you pay. So for example, I did a lot of um, surgery and fan, and fan technique that are definitely completely not anatomical technique. Mm. That is probably uh, put patient at risk for osteoarthritis. Now maybe they could go back to play, uh, like uh, you know the brick is working, but not that well, okay? Mm -hmm. so, um, so I think that 
only in the last 20 years, uh, we start to advance into three things that I can see that may takes time to develop. One is the anatomy, uh, mm -hmm. still basic, uh, need to know more about it. And number two is individualized mm -hmm. uh, of the ACL, which uh, still people have to learn about because of big, there's big variation. That's the about the, the individualized anatomic approach you're uh, doing. Yes, I yes. think that uh, people don't realize. So people first have that with anatomical approach, mm -hmm. which is a very good thing. Mm -hmm. People assume anatomical means that it's the same thing mm -hmm. in every case. Because people still want to do it fast, mm -hmm. efficient, mm -hmm. and easy. Okay, this is what industry wants and surgeon wants. But, but the truth is uh, there's no two A cell the same. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the A cell uh, all come from the fact there's the bone morphology to take the A cell, not the A cell itself. No. So to understand the A cell itself, you have to understand the bone morphology which is a three-dimensional, complicated, which is still a way to go. So the, the individualized thing has become a little more complex. And I think if we start to pay attention to individualize, I, I think we can correct 10 to 15% of the uh, issue we see uh, in our surgery. And the last thing I think that changes is value-based. What, what I mean is that in the last 30, 40 years, I have seen many things that come to go. For example, in the 80s, uh, we started to introduce artificial ligament. That's right, yeah. Which turned out to be, um, you know, in some cases, a very bad because we did study to show that when the wear particles mm -hmm. start forming cortex graft, they can destroy mm -hmm. the cartilage. So, the, of course, the marketing is that, well, you can go back fast and early, mm -hmm. but then maybe one year later, your knee is going to be all. Mess up. So there are many things like that now. The extraticular, I started in the 70s. Uh, I was doing extraticular with my boss Ferguson and other people. In fact, when I started my practice uh, for the first two years, that's all I did. And then up there, those surgery doesn't last that long because those are not anatomical. Uh, and in fact, what they do is, in my opinion, uh, they change the AP translation. In other words, the extraticular pull back the tibia. <laughs> yes. Immediately. In fact, uh, I was on the, on the uh, table and say, oh, look at that. I do this extraticular. Look, at it. it doesn't shift and everything. So the thing is, it doesn't shift because not because it control rotation, thing like people will say about today, mm -hmm. uh, because it pulled back the tibia. So you cannot shift and, and have those uh, phenomena mm -hmm. you see with a tonic cell. But then, unfortunately, those surgery, the, the extraticular stretch out and they're gonna return sometime now. Interestingly, I revised many of my own extraticular. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And what you see is interesting. Those extraticular never torn like the A-cell, okay? okay. So if you look at what it is, it's, it's always just a stretch, but it's always there. But then, like the then probably the biomechanics uh, changed through that. Yeah, well, it just stretched out. So essentially, yes. recently, mm -hmm. we, we actually, in our lab, we have a very sophisticated lab in, a, in vivo kinematics. Yes. And in fact, the first time in the world, we showed that if you do extraticular uh, versus no extraticular, mm -hmm. uh, when you walk the patient in the first six months after surgery, versus one year, mm -hmm. at six months, the extraticular actually, when you daily function walking, mm -hmm. the biggest thing they do is to pull back the tibia. Yes. <laughs> Nothing about rotation. 
In fact, in some cases, it's up to four millimeters. Now, these are walking. These are, you know, uh, by plane X-ray, and mm -hmm. it's just really seeing. But interestingly, by one year, those effects are gone. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you put a cell graph in, maybe the extraticle can protect the graph uh, when it heals. Now, the other advances, I would say that I, I would give you six principles that are very important. Mm -hmm. uh, because I belong to a group called the A cell study group. I know, yes. It's a famous group, and uh, many people from all over the world come mm -hmm. almost, uh, oh my God, in the 80s. I've been in since the 80s. So now, the, the interesting thing is, we talk about the same topic. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like recycling. <laughs> That's right. Where you could just tunnel, where do you rehab, fast rehab, mm -hmm. slower rehab. Uh, you know, you use patella tendon, yes. use hamstring core tendon. Uh, you recycle topic, and it's, it's never, it's just go back to the same thing. No. In fact, I was in a meeting recently, and the question people asked at the end are, same question you asked 30 years ago. How do you tension the A-cell? Mm -hmm. uh, what fraction angle you fix A-cell? Mm -hmm. Things like that. I mean, these are like topics that are silly because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not in vivo, deep thing will change. Mm -hmm. So the sixth principle, I think that I have thought of very carefully. It uh, takes me a long time to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I work with other people to make sure. So the first principle, is the ACL is dynamic. That's right. Okay? It's not That's like a static. No. So what we see in the dissection may be beautiful, but it is not. There's no isometry. Nothing like that. Because... Um, Does ACL that has to do with the anterior medial part and the posterior uh, part of the... Yeah, yeah, there are two bundles, but actually yes. I'm going to tell you what it is. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and Sorry. tell you what, yes. how important it is. So first is dynamic. Mm -hmm. So in, in fact, the isometric concept put forward in the eighties are pretty wrong mm -hmm. uh, because actually it's like the cartilage. You know the cartilage when you walk and run, it's squeezed together mm -hmm. and it relaxes. Okay, right. so the, it's like a sponge. Right. Okay? Right. It's like a sponge. The ACL is the same. Mm -hmm. Actually, when you, you run and walk, the ACL squeezes together and stretch. Right. Up to thirty percent. How many percent do you say? Yeah, 20 to 30 percent. Really? And I'm just, why? So we, we are always worried about biomechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm mean, going to tell you, oh, you have to worry about A-cell graph because if you stretch the A-cell at 8 percent, it will fail, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is fine, okay? We know that you fail. But right. we don't know that actually. They squeeze together mm -hmm. like the carpet when you run because we were able to measure the intra- distance between insertion sites when people were running in the lab. And each patient that we work on take 40 hours mm -hmm. of computer work to have those conclusions. Mm -hmm. And I have done it for like 15, 20 years. It's not like a, just one study. I'm talking about hundreds, thousands of mm -hmm. subjects. It's no, definitely true. So one is, is dynamic and which is where to say. So, for example, right now people say that Oh, extra tickle is incredible because it stops the rotation, but it's not, it's not in vivo. It's, it's just like I show you in vivo extra tickle just to AP translation. Mm -hmm. Because every day you walk, you don't rotate your knee. No, that's right. <laughs> you don't rotate your knee, you just like walk. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's one thing. And number 
Two is those bundles uh, in the in the 90s when we discussed for the bundle and we did study. I, I work with Safi Wu, very well famous, you know, guy. And we try to say that, well, you must do reconstruct two bundles. Uh, you must do things that well, AM and PL to do this. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a very good story, and which is a strict biomechanic. Uh, but I hate to say that biomechanic is good, but is it not in vivo, in not biological? No, that's right. Actually, as I, as I go along, I, f I, I find a few things. It's not the bundle you need construction. It's the amount of percentage of insertion site huh. you need to replace. Now, the bundle over there is interesting. So when I start the research in this field, in the atomical field, I, I, I actually went to the fetus. 20-month-old mm -hmm. stillborn babies yeah. that just came out and we were able to dissect the next day with a microscope. And we find that two bundles, oh my God, okay. So I, I conclude right away, oh my God, you have one with two bundles. But what we find even more interesting is there's blood vessels mm -hmm. between the L and PO bundle. And I work with a very famous scientist, Johnny Hewitt. And we actually biopsy those areas and find stem cells <laughs> in the, between the bundle. And actually, then we went to the surgery in the tone A cell, and also we did the same thing. So essentially, we, we find that those blood vessels come from the anterior horn, the lateral meniscus, uh -huh. many times. They also come from the top, uh -huh. and they, they supply the A cell daily function. So the A cell survive not by diffusion. They, they survive, and, and, and the, the way it, it works is this. When the ACL squeeze together, uh -huh. I haven't proved it scientifically yet, the blood supply will go in. Right. That when you stretch, then it squeeze out, okay? Right, right. So this is why you need a two, two bundle to allow that. In, in other words, if you do a one bundle surgery, uh -huh. and if you allow the proper healing, uh -huh. the proper you know rehabilitation, maybe after even two years, yes. those bundles will all reform mm -hmm. because this is how nature needs to support the A-cell. So, in other words, it's biological. Mm -hmm. It's biological. The A-cell is biological. It's not like a static. All right. So the third principle is the bone morphology is mm -hmm. absolutely critical. Now, how do I find out? I have a chance to meet one of the more foremost paleontologist in the world. His name is Owen Lovejoy. I don't know if you know him. No. But he, he, he discovered Lucy mm -hmm. in Africa together right. with the French right. and other people there, a whole team, American and mm -hmm. French. You know, I forget what team. You know, there are three teams for three countries. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, um, so Lucy, I talked to him about, so I say, well, well, how do you look at this bones? Okay. Right. Well, he said, well, it's very simple. I look at all this old bones, and I can determine the motion by looking at the, you know, morphology mm -hmm. of the point down. And in fact, I can even put in what ligament they need, okay? <laughs> All right? So essentially, this is a big, you know, and in, in fact, I have Lucy mm -hmm. replica in the home. I, there's two bundles, too, okay? <laughs> you can, because it's upright walking. So from then on, I went to the animal world. Mm -hmm. So in the zoo and in Africa, and I went to Africa, we look at 30 species mm -hmm. of animals. And in the zoo, we examine the animal 
rotation, went there, mm -hmm. and the general, every five years or 10 years, they go to sleep, if you check the whole body, okay? Mm -hmm. And when they die in the zoo, we open up the knee mm -hmm. and look at the eggs down in the morphology of the bone. You too can't scan too. So it's five years of what we're 38 species of animals. And many of those animals have more, more rotation than human being, mm -hmm. and they have three bundles, many of them, okay? Three bundles? Yeah, yeah, many right. of them have three bundles. Nice. Because they need lots of blood, because they need more substance. More rotation, yes. There's nothing you do with how many bundles you need for biomechanics. No. It's, it's, you need those plus supply to, to, to survive it. That's, That's all. right. And also the bone morphology will dictate how much A cell you need. Mm -hmm. Okay, if the A cell is, is more, then you need more rotation. You may have more rotation to support right. it. And also the meniscus size are different. So, mm -hmm. so for example, just, just, just to tell you, for example, the lemur is the, you know, uh, is the most primitive primate. And the lemur is the only species that they have two extraticular lateral ligaments on the outside. Mm -hmm. After the lemur, there's none. So this is why the new ligament is called the ALL. I'm not sure it's really real, but people make it real now. All right. Because it's, it's happily, you know, promoted by industry mm -hmm. and uh, consultants, okay? So, and so this is the, you know, uh, the, the, the other concept, okay? The bone morphology, to me, they take the bundles, and, you know, which we didn't understand. And the fourth thing is the variation. Okay, variation is important. Now, do you know that in a human being, the small, smallest size A cell in the insertion side of the TBL and the biggest one are three times differences. Three times, okay? I have measured thousands of them during surgery. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, now, cadaverous, interestingly, is, is not very accurate. Uh, I'm going to tell you why, okay? Mm -hmm. So you need to do in vivo measurement mm -hmm. a live patient to do that. And you're going to take your time. So the, the unfortunately thing I told you, most surgeons do not want to take the time. They want to go in, and typically, they will shave off everything. <laughs> and they drill the tunnel through, and they're done because they want to finish the case and do the next one. Now, I used to do that in the 90s. I used to do 10, even 15 ACL one day. And no, each ACL is not more than 30 minutes because mm -hmm. I use allograph at the time too, which is a bad thing, okay? Mm -hmm. And I my allograph, which I know is not, not a very good thing now. But essentially, what we find is, uh, you know, the variation is so important. For example, the femoral insertion site in most time is smaller than the tibial site, but in 10% is equal or bigger. Why is that? Because the morphology dictates how So the variation is important. There's no two ACL the same. Mm -hmm. How about that? It's yeah. like your thing print, okay? Now, the last thing is aging. Mm -hmm. The ACL H2. So South Bill in 1991 already showed that a 20 years old ACL and 80 years old ACL have five times mechanical differences. Mm -hmm. Five times, okay? <laughs> but unfortunately, most of our study in the dissection are done in old cadaver, 80 years old. So those are, have a lot of degenerative changes. And so this is why our conclusion, although our well-intentioned, okay? Yes. People who dissect are nice, but they are wrong, okay? Mm -hmm. For example, you say the ACL is a, is a ribbon, the ACL is a you know, C-shaped insertion site. It's not. Mm -hmm. If you look at a young 16 years old, the ACL is big, awful insertion site. There are two bundles. This is beautiful, okay? I can show you thousands of cases. Mm -hmm. I talk to everyone. So, so, there is, so if you look at those six principles, so 
you know, dynamic, powerful, mm -hmm. and only morphology, uh, you know, variation, and aging. If you understand the six principles, mm -hmm. I believe that we can improve on the outcome base. Right. I'm always honest. I do the channel. I do the uh, extra -tacular. I do this, you know, graph is, is nonsense. It's, it's okay, you know. I mean, you're going to mm. get some success. Mm -hmm. You're going to get success. You know, you're going to get maybe 80% success, and, but then you're going to miss something. You're yes. going to miss about 10, 15%. So the, the, the question is, do you want to be 100% ACL surgeon? Mm. Do you want to call yourself an expert mm -hmm. and do the best for the patient? So unless you understand those principles, I don't think you should be called expert. Right. You, can, you can call you're know, just a general guy do some ACL and do it fast, and maybe get the patient back to some sports, mm -hmm. and maybe not not quite right. Okay, maybe mm -hmm. something is off. Okay, mm -hmm. something like that. Okay, so so these are the principle. I would say that, and this is what I'm preaching to mm -hmm. everybody. If you really want to improve on the ACL, this are the thing you have to do research. Now I cannot do it on my own. Yeah. I have a big lab, right. and many people. I need the whole world to do all the things I'm telling you about. I want you to do it, okay? Everybody, okay? Mm -hmm. This is how we can improve. Not just, oh, wow, let's do it all. Drill holes in AM position. Let's drill just in the middle position. Mm -hmm. It's silly, okay? It's really silly to think about. Yeah. Okay? When you talk about uh, the blood vessels and the biological uh, point, eh? point number two you just mentioned, is that why you are looking at the quadriceps tendon to uh, use as a craft? I know it's a quarter September now. I'm going to tell you how we do surgery. Right. So first, when the patient gets hurt and have an MI done, mm -hmm. first we analyze the MI, okay? Mm -hmm. We measure both two-dimensional and three-dimensional on the table insertion side and see the size mm -hmm. uh, of the insertion side. So like I told you, if you look at the sagittal, you know, MI on the, uh, you know, sagittal plane, mm -hmm. the smallest is eight. The biggest is 26. My okay. God. That's a big difference. Yeah, big difference. Yes. So next time you can look at the quad tendon on the MI. Mm -hmm. You can see the size. You can look at the patella itself, how thick it is. Right. And you look at the patella tendon. Now, recently, in the last five, six years, I'm using ultrasound to look at the hamstrings. Mm -hmm. Okay? So before the operation, I will have an idea the size of all those graphs. Mm -hmm. That will match your insertion size, okay? Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about a quadriceps is not because I like it more and you know try to promote it because right. it's a versatile. You can use just a soft tissue part, mm -hmm. or you, you can use the bone block. Because when you do the MI measurement, you can also see the length That's of right. the ACL. The length of the ACL is interesting. The, the, the shortest one is about twenty-five. The longest one is about 45. It's mm -hmm. reported already, okay? Mm -hmm. So again, there's 20 millimeter differences. You cannot do the same, you know, you know, size. So if the hamstring is short, you know, it may not have enough length to mm -hmm. do that, okay? Mm -hmm. So the quad will tell you length because the MI and the ultrasound will tell how long, mm -hmm. how long the quadricep is, okay? Mm -hmm. And the patel tendon. Now, interestingly, the patel tendon is also a very good graph. But typically, the patel tendon is about half mm -hmm. the thickness of the quad tendon. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, now, 
And, and you can say, well, the patella tendon people do well. Yes, they do well because when you put the patella tendon graph in, it will hypertrophy. Uh -huh. And it's just a paper published by Shino from Japan. Uh -huh. They documented the patella tendon hypertrophy 100% uh -huh. in the first year. Uh -huh. And then it took almost four years to get big, you know, small. Right. So you need to get it mature. Now, the, the good thing about the quad tendon is you don't have to hypertrophy as much. No, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's yes. Already it's already there. So it gives you instant. This is why when people say, well, I want to do extraticular, I want to do the thing. Our thinking is the extraticular will help the healing of the graft, protect the healing of the graft. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the biggest thing, not because you're going to control rotation. So for the first six months, when the graft is healing, the extraticular operation will prevent this AP translation when you walk. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> allow the graft to heal more better, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. And then hopefully by one year, it'll be big enough to, to, to be strong. Mm -hmm. But if, if you, uh, you know, not protect it, let it move a lot. Then the graph will be, you know, not, not very good. Okay, so we all use very common sense, but we right. use science mm -hmm. to prove it, also. And the hamstring is very good graph too. I still like to use it a lot, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's very small. Mm -hmm. But if you see the small hamstring, you can see the size from the ultrasound. We publish already on that too. Mm -hmm. So you prefer to do the quad tendon, and this is why not because we like it all more because the quad tendon, you know, the size. Right. You the patella tendon. Also, the patella thickness is important too. Mm -hmm. If the thickness of the patella is less than 14 thickness, you shouldn't take the bone block. It's too dangerous to mm -hmm. fracture. Mm -hmm. I know it because I fractured three or four. Oh my God. Wow. And then I, I learned from that mm -hmm. to study and show the thick variation. Mm -hmm. So now any any patella thickness for more, less than 14 millimeters, I don't recommend taking the bone block at all, even mm -hmm. for a patella tendon. It's a little dangerous to do that. So those are all very simple anatomical measurements. Right. Just because I like the quad tendon. Because the quad tendon is like more versatile for the purposes. But I would recommend the surgeon should know every graph. Mm -hmm. uh, should use every graph. And don't be just stuck with one graph because this is not how life is, okay? Mm -hmm. You should not understand everything. But it will take a lot of time to do all the measurements. How do you do that in no, your... No, no, no. No, the, the, the uh, MRI, my, my fellow Kevin and other people do it. It, it just takes five minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. In fact, less than five minutes. Right. Uh, and, and now, the, the, the ultrasound, it mm -hmm. takes time. Okay. Now, the ultrasound, of course, I, I have a very expensive one. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I'm not talking about a simple ultrasound. I have an ultrasound machine that costs $350,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have an ultrasound specialist, Dr. Onishi, uh -huh. uh, from Bill Clinic Train, and worked with us. Uh, and he came every Monday morning, just for about four hours, uh -huh. uh, with me. And we do all the QA cell patients. Uh -huh. You know, they come in. Not many, like real. I don't, I don't have practice anymore uh -huh. because I, you know, I've done too many A cell. So, so if you do a lot of A cell, you cannot do what I'm doing as much, okay? Because no, that's right. I, and that. So now he can take time. Because he do a lot of measurement uh, of the uh, injury. He looked at the, for example, extraticular injury. Mm -hmm. So we don't see the injury oh. that people talk about with extraticular too, okay? Mm -hmm. We use ultrasound, MRI, uh, and also we look at intraticular, you know, surgery. Mm -hmm. So with all the information from the MRI, mm -hmm. 
ultrasound, then we conclude what graph to use to tell the patient. That's right. But I also tell the patient that I may change my mind during surgery. Because during surgery, I would use a ruler, mm -hmm. simple ruler, mm -hmm. to remeasure the insertion side side mm -hmm. and determine, okay? And sometimes the measurement MI, especially from out of town, the MI is not very good. So they may be wrong. Okay, mm -hmm. the one time in the office is very good, so I will trust them. Okay, mm -hmm. but then I, I, I have published two papers on it already, HSM papers, to show two dimensions, three dimensions, mm -hmm. you know, correlation with intra-op measurement versus mm -hmm. the Okay, so everything I talk to you about is quite you know scientifically done. Right, right. So again, it takes a little bit of time. So I would say during surgery, it takes about ten minutes more. Mm -hmm. because of this measurement or even less, okay? Mm -hmm. So, all the time is not a lot, but it's just the, look, if you're going to fix your house, mm -hmm. you want your carpenter to do your, you don't want your room to be crooked. No, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Same way, okay? We want to put the right size of graph where it is. So, we look at the insertion side, the femoral side, tibial side. In fact, when we do surgery, the biggest thing we need to do is to look at the pathology. Mm -hmm. Look at how the ACL was torn, the bundle was there, where is it attached? Those are all the things we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And with that information, we can then measure the size and go from there. Mm -hmm. and so and so those are the conclusions we need to make. So this is what makes the anatomical individualized approach. That's about it. Mm -hmm. And the thing I want to tell you, it doesn't cost any money. No, no. There's not no industry like me because mm -hmm. I don't... I don't, I don't really sell any product. No, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Zero. Okay. So people, the industry do not like to invite me because I, I don't want to happen to sell some, some screws or something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it, I told people that do the most simple fixation, the simple thing that I do 30 years ago, do the cheapest technique. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is why it's value based. Yes. Don't waste money. Uh, you know, your country is good. Socialized medicine. But America is the number one healthcare money used in the world. Yes, yes. percent, and we are ranked like 35 in the whole world mm. in the healthcare. Mm -hmm. So why is that? Because all this money are being wasted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on treatment that are not useful and not helpful and maybe harmful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. In orthopedic, we think about 30 to 40 percent. Yes. In cancer, maybe even 80%, okay? Mm -hmm. But in a country like you, you cannot, the, the government will not let you do that. You can mm -hmm. say, well, let's, let, let's not do this operation, mm -hmm. or let's not do this, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's more easier than for, for the surgeon in your country. Okay? So if I, I understand you correctly, you, you use um, uh, different uh, crafts. You measure, yes. and then you decide which craft you do. Um, that has to, that, that um, that means that the physical therapy afterwards uh, is for every patient different because uh, yes. the, the quadriceps tendon uh, needs another approach than, for instance, the patella tendon. Uh, well, a little bit different, but not so horrible different. Okay? No? A little bit. Is, it, is it perhaps also important what kind of sports people do or what kind of... Uh, sure. Yes. Exactly. So again, you know, the draft choice is not the size, mm -hmm. but the type of sports and the professional and all those things you you take into consideration. Yes. Uh, it means okay. You're right. So 
So the, 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 the anatomy is one factors, okay? Yes, yes. Uh, for the sports, uh, you know, female, male, and mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just give you a really interesting, you know, uh, people talk about hyperextension. Mm -hmm. Okay, you gotta regain it. Mm -hmm. The most simple way to get your hyperextension back is to do the anatomical individualized structure. Not to do a graph, different graph, or do an extraticular, nothing. Right. I, I actually, I, 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 I can tell you from my experience, I have a young lady. Mm -hmm. She is about five minus 15. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. This is about six years ago now. Mm -hmm. And when I go in her knee and measure it, she is the smallest ACL insertion site I have ever seen in my life. Okay. So her, her, so we, we use a hamstring graph mm -hmm. and only six millimeters, six. Six. Because, yeah, we cut it down because the instruction says it's so small. Yes. So now with MI and one year, it looked beautiful. And now she is five, six years. I just saw her. Mm -hmm. She's still been getting minus 15 hypertension. <laughs> and I, I think that if I put in an eight or nine graph, I would never get to hypertension. No. I mean, I think all the therapists do. Right. So the, be the best way is to understand nature. That's In right. nature, you have hypertension. By the graph you do. Mm. And people have not said, oh, well, you have a small graph, you retain. Nature will determine, okay? Right. If it's going to retain, okay? And, and nothing to do with say, well, uh, it's small, it's going to tear, okay? The machine's fine, okay? So essentially, follow nature, follow an anatomy, you visualize. Right. So, I mean, there was a case that I almost should I do six millimeter graph, and I did it. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and exactly what it means. She is the most hyperextension patient I've ever seen. <laughs> Minus Minus 15. I have a picture to show you. Too. Incredible. You love yeah. Incredible. And if I tell you, she has a six millimeters hamstring graph, and I have MI to show the healing. Mm -hmm. She takes like It's incredible to me. Mm -hmm. So we took nonsense about extraticular, about graph hamstring. It doesn't matter. You just mm -hmm. put it in the right size, and it'll be fine. Okay. Uh, Dr. Fu, could you tell me what the importance is uh, uh, of the collaboration uh, between the uh, surgeon and the PT? Of course, very important. And I always tell the story about Slatin. You know, I operate mm -hmm. Slatin with Boca, the cell. And, uh, and I told him that, hey, you know, Slatin picked me and, and you know, as a surgeon mm -hmm. to talk to the cell, which is fantastic. I'm really honored mm -hmm. uh, to do that. And, and, and I, by the way, uh, when he turned his A-cell, it's a really a true story. Uh, he, there are 50 surgeons from all over the world offer surgery to him. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, I don't know him personally. Yes, I don't know his mm. agent, but he's from Sweden, and uh, they're a scientific country. So he asked his Sweden doctor, "Who are the, you know, best scientific surgeon in the world?" Right. Doing ACL. So I have the number one publication in the world and everything, and you know, many Swedish friends. Mm -hmm. So they come to me, and, 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 and the fact is, the newspaper already say he's coming to me before <laughs> I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in an interview, yes. <laughs> yeah, because the, 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 probably the agent called the Milan Club mm -hmm. to find my telephone number because they don't know my number. No. So the, the word is out for my fellow in Brazil. Hey, I heard Slatin is coming to you. Mm -hmm. so I say, I, I was in fact, I was in Florida mm -hmm. on the meeting. I said, come on, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so finally the agent called me and... and and I say, sure, I mean, so, but essentially, I never market myself. Mm -hmm. I don't market myself, you understand? Mm -hmm. We don't do this marketing. Thank you, get your patient. So he came, 
And we did a quad tendon with bone block mm -hmm. and also repaired the outside. And by the way, I never see so-called ALL ligament on him. You know, we, we he has a, you know, outside injury mm -hmm. uh, and we repair everything. It's just anatomical what nature gives you. Now, the thing about Slatin different is he's genetically gifted. He is, uh, he is not, yes. Yeah, he's, he's not much changes are predicted at the age mm -hmm. of 37 at the time. Incredible. And he, he, he come back fast, mm -hmm. which is, I like that he, he did, you know, with MI every month. Mm -hmm. Every month, he did healing. It, it looked really fantastic. So he came back first day in seven months, which I don't like. It's too early, okay, for me. Mm -hmm. he, he's called going back. And then but he didn't really play well until it, uh, one year or longer now. So when I give a lecture, mm -hmm. this is the last slide I usually use. I say, look, he's got this incredible goal. I would give myself and focus 10% of the credit mm -hmm. for success. I would give the therapist 40% mm -hmm. of the credit. And I would give Slatin 50%. That's right. That's right. Well, I tell the surgeon. Mm -hmm. And I say, surgeon, you guys, don't think you are so great. Okay? Mm -hmm. Don't think you are the best. If you, if you are lucky to operate on a guy like Slatin, mm -hmm. Body we can make make Slatin look great, okay? Mm -hmm. So I, well, I'm I'm I think a lot of pride in taking care of him the best I can. Mm -hmm. so what I'm saying it is not me. Some mm -hmm. I'm sure Slatin will do well too in some way, maybe not exactly like that, okay? Mm -hmm. So I would put a therapist. So and so in my office, my therapist is right there. Mm -hmm. I talk to them all the time, and I, I also find therapists over the country. For example, I did operate on a gentleman from Houston, Texas. And I'm able to find my therapist I train back in Houston so they can follow with him. And mm -hmm. they know all my protocol mm -hmm. to do that. Okay, so therapist is so important. And, and uh, for example, specialty with motion problem, things like that. Mm -hmm. We want to correct it right away. We're not going to wait, okay? Mm -hmm. We communicate we all the time. We no. talk all the time. With the program. Well, that's right. Uh, do you think there's a difference between uh, amateur athletes and professional athletes in... in um, how, how would I say, um, we're always talking about level one sporters or level two or level three. Uh, what's your opinion on surgery on amateur sports um, people? Oh, I mean, the approach is no different. No. The approach is no. okay? Maybe crowd choice is a little different. But of course, professional athletes are eliminated by selection. They are really the top right. tier people. They have better muscle, they mm -hmm. may have better. For example, I, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Uh, I operated on a lady 70 years old recently. Mm -hmm. So it turned out she turned an ACL 55 years ago on the other side. Hmm. Yeah, she was a professional ballerina. Right. She had her surgery done and she did okay. She did okay. But she turned the other side and she became unstable both ACL. So I fixed the you know, new side mm -hmm. and and they say, why don't you do the other side? So when I do the other side, this lady have almost no arthritic changes, mm. despite the fact she's a 50 years old tonne. Incredible, yeah. And I asked him, is there anything different about you? You say, well, I did one of those genetic testing, you know, about my genetic. And one of the things they say, I have very good sports gene. Mm. I say, what do you mean by that? Probably she has a very strong, fast switch muscle fibers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, have, I know I did. No. So that may protect a cell in some way, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe those athletes may have all those incredible genetics, 
you know, protection. It's like Stockton. I mean, my God, this guy is now 39 years old. Right. He's still playing in the top of the game. And uh, he had no much win there. And I mean, it's so, so people now. But on him, I, I have seen like 20 years of professional. Mm-hmm. The friend on the ACL, they already have damage to the cartilage. And I'm not sure how far they can go. It depends on what we do, we do the best for them, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not it's ACL. It's the post-traumatic intrinsic changes that, that can occur a few years later, mm-hmm. right? You know that. Okay? Right. And there's another question I have for you. I, I read the uh, article, uh, uh, Treatment After ACL uh, Injury. That was, uh, I guess, from the Panther Symposium. And yes. uh, it stated that um, early surgery by level uh, one uh, sport um, um, would be um, preferable than later uh, surgery. What is your opinion? Well, I think the, the only problem is if, if the level one people want to go back without the surgery, uh, they can turn the meniscus and other things. That's right. Be a problem. And even in the Swedish study, uh, randomized trial to show surgery, no surgery, uh, no differences at two years in neurogenital medicine. Mm-hmm. Very fantastic. But if you look at the prime print, mm-hmm. the ones that are treated without surgery have more meniscus tear right. and more instability. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, but people live with it, and in Sweden, it's socialized medicine, so it's okay. You know, this is a high level. You know, it's fine. Okay. Yes, yes. So the quality of life is the same, but then there's really some, I would say, uh, objective differences. Okay? Right, right. Well, if you turn the meniscus and all say it become a long term problem, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Right? Mm-hmm. So the ACL is a protective of the cartilage and meniscus, and and the, the thing is, we know that when you turn the ACL. You, you're gonna already have a potential to develop post-traumatic arthritis. Right. In fact, I, I work a lot of doing it 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So first thing is the trauma from the from the tear. Right, right. Now you can bone bruise and right. and meniscus tear. And secondly, do you do you know that you know Hans Pastner? His name Hans Pastner. You don't no, know him. No, right? no, no. Very famous. He passed away. Mm-hmm. In 30 years ago, in the early 90s, I and him did study 100 patients to show that when you turn the ACL. You have a high cytokines level in, in, in your knee up to six months. So those are destructive enzymes that right. can potentially destroy. And thirdly, genetics, I told you. That's, mm-hmm. People are starting genetically so good, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, the size of the ACL. And lastly, the kinematic. So in other words, if you have a three-dimensional TBS look different, you may predispose to more stretching. And also, if you have the ACL done wrong, Mm-hmm. How about not in what position? You're going to get that too. So, so what I'm saying is a multi-factors mm-hmm. to get this uh, big changes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Are you in favor to uh, do surgery fast after the injury or later after the injury? Uh, well, we talk to the patients. We give them the mm-hmm. choice. Okay. Now I have a unique situation mm-hmm. for me. Okay. I turned my ACL two weeks before 9/11. Oh my God! I was hit. I was hit by a car mm-hmm. in my bike. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and I my MCL, ACL, open fracture of the tibia. Oh my God! So in fact, I didn't even know the ACL was torn until a little bit later because when they they do the you know debridement and fixing the fracture, so I decided not to have ACL done mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I we had my fractures and open fractures. Okay, it took mm-hmm. me about one year. So I have no ACL surgery mm-hmm. in my. Oh, Mm-hmm. So I always tell the patient, oh, by the way, you can always 
do without surgery. Yes, <laughs> yes, all right. <laughs> Now, what, what, I mean, what I mean is how many times between the incident and the surgery is preferable for you? Yeah, I understand. But I'm, so let me get back to the time, mm -hmm. okay? Yes. So now, also in the early 90s, mm -hmm. uh, I and Dr. Hana and also Shelbourne differently to, 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 to different locations. Right. We find out that if you're going to do an early surgery, you can have a high incidence of stiff knee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. In some cases. So in other words, uh, we find out that it's not the time. It's how angry the knee is, okay? Right, right. If your knee is angry, It's swollen, painful, no motion. Mm -hmm. Remember I told you the study biologically did a high level of cytokines right. in there? I mean, you don't want to do so. Just like, just like you know, uh, you married? Yes, yes. Okay, so if your wife is upset, mm -hmm. you're not going to upset her more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? You're going to take a, you know, take take a walk, take a walk. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Same for the knee. Yes. You get a, tell the knee, hey, can you calm down? Mm -hmm. So if the knee is calmed down very fast, 10 days, you can do it. But sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, if, if there's no swelling, no pain, you can probably do it right away too, okay? Right, right. And if you're really angry, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's a good idea because we have up 25% of stiff knee. Mm -hmm. And so it's short on time. So we prefer to wait, but not a time limit because people give six weeks. Mm -hmm. It's silly, okay, or longer. So, because you have to talk to patients, whether you want a surgery. Like I said, because I have no surgery, you can don't have the surgery, but if you want to play sports, you want to prevent meniscus tear. And in America, there's a timetable mm -hmm. because they want to get the next season, right? Mm -hmm. so if you wait, you may miss two seasons, okay? All you right. And if you want to go professional, you will miss everything, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's a time limit that you want to do it right away. Okay. Right. So for me, a doctor, I don't care. So, oh. so this whole thing, you you just wait until the knee is not upset. It's not so pissed off. I told you, I told right. right. Don't have the knee being a pissed off knee. Right. Calm it down and then operate. Okay. Right. Except, right? Right. And what do you consider is the, the minimal rehab time before return to sports? Because that's a discussion lately as well. Um, right. Uh, uh, no. So, so what what do you see? You just yeah. Let me tell you, very simple. So in the 90s, mm -hmm. when I do many arthroscopic transcapial non-anatomical approach, mm -hmm. I'll tell the patient that you'll be back in six months and your success is 90%. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lie, obviously. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now I think it's complicated because some, again, there are a few factors. Mm -hmm. Of course, for the therapy part, you want to get your motion. Mm -hmm. You can get strength, swelling. Mm -hmm. So that's important, right? You do functional testing, all those things are important. Right. This, okay? So the new thing I add on is the healing of the graft, okay? Mm -hmm. So the graft takes time to heal. Right. And uh, now, how do I learn? Because in about 15, 20 years ago, I had a very famous player. And uh, he is, in six months, he's fantastic looking, the muscle is good. Mm -hmm. And actually, I did an MI on him too, and the MI looks fantastic. Except it's a very high signal. At the time, I don't realize the high signal means it's, it's not mature, you know? Mm -hmm. So we went back to play and retorted, you know, in six months. Okay, yeah. so, oh my God, I better learn a little bit more. So, so uh -huh. I think that now you look at the muscle, you have to look at motion, you mm -hmm. look at swelling, and of course, work with the therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, are they ready from the therapist viewpoint? Point of view. And I have Jerry again, who's very famous 
and good too. So, and then from my point of view, I will see the maturity of the crop, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is why the quad tendon is good because it's already big enough. Right, 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 right. We don't need the hypertrophy as much as the other, you know, crop, okay? So mm-hmm. this is one advantage of a quad tendon is already double the size of a patella tendon. Right, so, right. Initially, you start off very good. So, so those are all the, all the factors. So right now, I would say, I, I, I usually in the, in the office, I will tell the patient, nine months to one year mm-hmm. but i usually go back in three months i have a professional cricket player from india mm-hmm. number one player in the world okay yes. the best player mm-hmm. i offered him he went back to india he's playing in three months without asking <laughs> yeah <laughs> i find out because my friend from south america and uh and australia hey do you offer on him he's playing already in three months <laughs> i didn't know that so actually he was fine He's genetically like slotted now. Interestingly, this guy comes back three years later for mm-hmm. the other knee. Mm-hmm. And I beg him, please don't come back to So you wait five months. <laughs> so people genetically can do that, okay? But mm-hmm. this is not what we recommend, okay? Because most of the patients I have are high school, amateur athletes. Mm-hmm. They don't have the means and, and the genetic composition to be like, you know, gifted like that, okay? Mm-hmm. Like starting the seven months is very fast too, okay? So when I understand people want to get paid to play in, in, in those countries, okay? Right. But I think for a regular high school amateur, you shouldn't really be in a hurry. You should let it heal, uh, go back. So I would really monitor mm-hmm. the, the patient carefully, you know, with all those factors, with the therapist and healing. And also the n- n- newest thing is I'm using ultrasound to look at healing. Mm-hmm. Our ultrasound can look at vascularity. Mm-hmm. It's only... We with the Doppler, uh, with the Doppler, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, it typically, if you put a graph in, mm-hmm. the vascularity is high. Mm-hmm. So by about nine months one year, it becomes equal to the other side. Okay. So it shows the maturity of the graph. Mm-hmm. So at least there's a quick way. So in six months, if I see high vascularity, I'll tell the patient, hey, it's still healing recklessly. Okay, mm-hmm. you should wait a little bit. Okay, so mm-hmm. that at least that is not. Expensive because MI can be expensive in my country. Right, right. Well, here, here as well. I will do that because they will do it. Like Slatin have an MI every month. Yeah. <laughs> every month, okay. So but Slatin is making a lot of money, uh, Doctor Fu. Yeah, and, 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 and Manchester United yes. has the only MI. You know, they have the only MI in their stadium. Right, right, right. So incredible. It's incredible. Do you yeah, have? Yeah. Uh, um, um, I, uh, uh, what are false stories you hear in your practice from patients? What are um, stubborn nonsense stories which patients believe about ACL uh, injuries? Yeah, I, I'm, I won't say it's uh, really stupid. Like right now, there's a big push for repair mm-hmm. of the ACL. And, and I, I don't think it's totally crazy because... Like I say, but in, it's like anything in life, mm-hmm. the the is about indications. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, the extraticular in my practice about five percent cases, so there's indication. Mm-hmm. We like to use it in, in, in smaller graph and all those things. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and but for example, people now pushing for repair, and I believe there's some indication for that, but not in the cases like the industry like That's to right. push it, and they actually. Not just repair, they, they put it in artificial ligament and all those things, so mm-hmm. we do it, okay? So, 
so I think that yeah, it's worrying because the industry, look, industry is important to survive with us. Okay. Right. So on the hand, you understand, industry to be successful, they look at the profit margin. That's right. Not at okay. the health of the patient. Also, beauty company is 20 to 30 percent growth a year. Uh, so how do they do that? They can grow by either have more market share mm -hmm. or they invent a new operation mm -hmm. to try to promote. That's right. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe the new operation will get the market share too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. see the company is successful. They always have new things, uh, you know, put in, you know, things. I, in my opinion, is really is not very good. For example, in the 80s, we have the LAD. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, like, like internal bracing today, and they these days is not the same thing, but it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. We should look at it. Mm -hmm. But now, now it's back to promoting with that, you know, with the ACL, you know, repair things like that. So, like I say, the graph that we use will give you a ninety-five percent success rate if you do it for healing. Mm -hmm. So, why do you want to take a chance? That's right. That's <laughs> right. There may be five percent of cases you need to do it. So. If you if you look at my surgical you know kind of indication, there are many different indications for different things. I just I don't do one operation, okay? I do multiple. Mm -hmm. Some single bundle, some double bundle for a big insertion size. Mm -hmm. I do augmentation sometimes, uh, one bundle tear only. Mm -hmm. I sometimes do uh, random preservation mm -hmm. and repair maybe sometimes and mm -hmm. no surgery right. in the rehab also personal life. Mm -hmm. And and also to tell people go back to like four months, I think a little bit too fast mm -hmm. for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's nonsense, but I think it's just marketing. And I, I'm gonna tell you, I remember I have a uh, female, sixteen years old. Mm -hmm. The doctor say you can go back in four months and she went back the first time she kicked the ball, she returned to Yeah. Yeah. And so this is why is I don't say it's nonsense, but it's just like you know, no good, okay? No, right, right. Well, I have a final question for you, uh, Dr. Fu. Um, what should you give as a take-home message for patients? Well, I think that, number one, I think if you turn the A-cell, you understand it's not just the A-cell. Mm, that's right. You can get A-cell, you can disability. But you're going to potentially get uh, post-traumatic arthritic changes. Mm -hmm. Five, ten years later, okay, so it's a long term thing, mm -hmm. okay, and uh, so, like, like I told you, the factors are uh, you know, trauma, biological, genetics, and you know, poor kinematics, right? right. So, you, you, you must hopefully pick a surgeon to understand anatomy and hopefully individualize, and also pay your base, don't waste money, okay, this is what I think, yes. and also, don't, don't, don't be in a hurry, okay, no. don't be in a hurry. I mean, um. Uh, Look, if you if you are going to Olympics mm -hmm. in four months and you want to do it, I understand. So you can take mm -hmm. a chance, but knowing that you'll be taught, mm -hmm. okay, and I, you will do that. But like you say, for regular people, hey, you know, take your time. You're not slouching, okay. You're not like that, okay. All so right. just take your time uh, and, and do it right. And also, you can always choose to operate it. I told you, mm -hmm. I don't have a ACL for twenty years, mm -hmm. and I, I live with it. I have, I have a few buckling, mm -hmm. but not horrible. Because mm -hmm. I don't play competitive sports anymore, and mm -hmm. I'm older. I'm 70 years old, mm -hmm. so it's a big deal for me. Okay, mm -hmm. but for young people, maybe a big deal. So, like, use your common sense, and, and don't go for new things. Okay. No, right. Just not the, the creatures. Okay. Don't don't believe this. Oh, I want a new new thing. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I want st- oh, I want stem cells. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a patient coming to see me uh, from New York, and he's giving stem cells and PRP for heal the ACL. Oh, doesn't work. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, those are new things, and they cost thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. It doesn't do anything. Okay, mm-hmm. so I just tell the patient that you should use those money to take your your wife to a dinner or buy him a diamond ring because uh, you know those things. You know, you have your own stem cells. Mm-hmm. It's just like I told the ACL already have stem cells mm-hmm. between the bundle. Yes. It's right there. It's yes. free. Okay? Right, right, right. Learning is forever, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm still learning for ACL. Yes. I have still a lot of things I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to use uh, gimmicky or silly things about ACL. Mm-hmm. I want ACL that really, like I told you, the principles I want. Uh, it's dynamic, mm-hmm. logical. There are bundles that work for the bone morphology. Mm-hmm. There's variation mm-hmm. and there's aging. Right. So if you know six principles mm-hmm. and think about it every time you approach the patient in surgery right. and do research, I think you're going to help the patients. Cool. It's wonderful to see how much passion you have on your, uh, on your surgery and on your knowledge. It's incredible. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ja, bedankt voor het luisteren. Uh, rest mij jullie te wijzen op de volgende podca- podcast in onze uh, Voorste Kruismand uh, letselserie. Die zal uitzonderingsgewijs over twee weken zijn, namelijk vrijdag 8 juli om drie uur. Normaal is de drop van de podcast altijd op de laatste vrijdag van de maand om drie uur, maar... Dit keer maken we een uitzondering, want we willen graag een samenvatting geven over het interview in begrijpende taal en wat je er als patiënt eh, allemaal mee kan. Dus heel graag tot 8 juli 3 uur.